0: What in the world we've been talking about over the last several weeks. Is anybody the, the fruit of the Spirit? Wow. And uh, in Galatians 5.19, it talks about the works of the flesh. And it talks about adultery, fornication, uncleanness, uncleanness lewdness, idolatry. You know idolatry. I, I was thinking about that one. And you know how we can tell if we're idolaters? One way that we can tell is, are you fitting God into your schedule, or are you working your schedule around God? Did you get what I just said there? See, a lot of times people will set their own schedule up, and then they just fit God in wherever they can. That's that's idolatry, isn't it? Yeah. See, idolatry is if you put anything ahead of the Lord. And uh, so, if if you're just fitting God in here, well, I got time, you know, for God here a little bit and there a little bit. See, that's idolatry because other things are more important. To you are more important to you than God. See, and 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 the Bible says that in the end days, which I believe we're living in, that people. And in fact, church people will be lovers of pleasures rather than lovers of God. And see, if you're just fitting God in where you can, then that's, that's idolatry. But, if, but, but I learned a long time ago to be successful, you set your schedule up around God. You set your schedule up around Him. And if you w- want to be successful in life and be blessed, you set your schedule up around God. And he'll bless you. So that's one way we can tell if we're idolaters. Sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies. Envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. We're reading in Galatians 5.19. This is verse 21. In other words, he says there's more in the list that I haven't listed here. And then he says a very sobering thing. He says, I tell you, which I tell you beforehand as I told you in time past. Those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And it's interesting that he's talking to Christians here, isn't he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what really sobers me up. It plays all kinds of games with my theology. You know what I mean by that? People will say, well, I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, but yet they practice these things. Is he writing to the church here or not? He's writing to the churches of Galatia. Yes, yes or no? Yes. And he's warning these people and he's saying that people that practice these things will not go to heaven. I mean, as simple as that. Isn't, I mean, I, does, that, does that scare you like it yes. or sober you up? Anyway, then he says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness. We're going to talk about kindness today. Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such there's no law. And remember, we've told you that Jesus is looking for fruit. And the first kind of fruit, he's looking for us, fruit in us. The first kind of fruit he looks for, most important, is what Pastor Diane spent about five or six minutes talking about today, that's why she spent so much time on it, is because Jesus is looking for us to produce fruit. And the first kind of fruit he looks for is souls, that we're soul winners. And if we're not out telling people about the Lord, Jesus sees us as unproductive. Now you need to understand that. And it gets more sobering yet, because he talked about, Jesus talked about a people that didn't produce fruit, and do you know what he said? He said those people would be cast into the fire. Now, this is real sobering, isn't it? When you think about it, he looks for us to go around telling people about him. And then the second kind of fruit he looks for is this fruit of the Spirit, which we just read about. He looks for us to produce this fruit. And I've told you before I'll say it again here that to the degree to the degree the fruit of the spirit develops in our lives to that degree we will overcome the works of the flesh. So what are we saying? You can only overcome the works of the flesh temporarily with willpower. But it takes these fruit to develop in your life to overcome the works of the flesh as a lifestyle. Okay? And I've used a good example of me losing all that weight. I, I lost weight with willpower, but I'd always put the weight back on. But when you learn about self-control and, and and you get that fruit, which we'll talk about in a couple of weeks, that self-control, you're able to get the weight off and keep it off. You're able to stop you know, eating eating all the chocolate or you're able to stop gossiping or you're able to stop having a bad attitude through this self-control fruit which we'll get to as we go. Do you all understand that? So you see a lot of times people they struggle with things and, and they can over you can overcome these these horrible works of the flesh with willpower for just so long but it isn't until you develop the fruit in your life that you're really able to walk free of the works of the flesh. Now when do all nine of these fruit get deposited into a person? Well, it's when they get saved, okay? When they get saved. All nine of those fruit are put in you when you get saved. But it's up to you, and we've shown you this, to develop the fruit. It's up to you to water the fruit, to, to, to uh, uh, you know, just like you, if you planted a, 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 a plant in, in your yard... I mean, isn't it up to you to be sure that that plant is watered, and and if you want it to be healthy, is, is it not? Yes, yes or no? I mean, don't you have to do something? I mean, like your lawn. I mean, it, your lawn in the summertime—if you don't water it and there's not much rain, it's not going to look very good, is it? So you've got to do some stuff to have the to have the the, the lawn look nice. Same thing with these fruit. If you don't attend to them, if you don't stay into the word of, in, in the Word of God and, and meditate in the Word of God and so forth, remember the Word of God is likened unto water. You've got to water these fruit. You've got to stay in the Word of God. And, uh, and, and if you'll do, then these fruit will develop and, uh, and then you'll be able to overcome the works of the flesh. Now, before we get into kindness, go, go to Colossians, the third chapter. I want to read something to you. Colossians, the third chapter. We're going to read some verses here. And I just want to do this because it's interesting that, that the Apostle Paul doesn't just talk about the fruit of the Spirit to the Galatians. He talks about the fruit of the Spirit to the Colossians also. So this, this fruit of the Spirit isn't just to one group of churches, the churches of Galatia, but he also spoke to the Colossians about these fruit. Let's just read here, Colossians 3, starting in verse 1. I'm going to read several verses. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. What is he telling you here? He's telling you how to produce, how to develop this fruit. How do you develop the fruit of the Spirit? You have to set your mind on things above. You see, not on the things of the earth. That goes back to idolatry, doesn't it? And then he says, you died. When did you die? You died when you got saved, didn't you? The old man, the old, the old you died. And now your life, your new life, is hidden with Christ in God. Then he says, when Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. Therefore, put to death... A lot of times people don't understand what that means. But we could say it this way. Don't yield to. Don't yield to your members which are on the earth. Now, another another thing here, put to death, if you study it in the Greek language, it means put to death by starvation. Put to death by starvation. uh, I know that one thing I will say from the natural side when i ever whenever in the past i'd start wanting to lose weight and the food had such a grip on me and it, 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 when i knew i was going to have to stop eating it my flesh went crazy i, I mean you know what i mean when I stop eating i mean the bad stuff has anybody ever been there besides me your flesh goes nuts you just all kinds of thoughts run through your head and i've actually shook before thinking you know i can't have the i can't have the big Macs anymore <laughs> shaking But, you know, or whatever, the candy bars, the sticker bars, whatever it is. But you know what? And I use the weight a lot because I, you know, I can speak about it because I've overcome it with the help of the Lord. Did you get what I'm I'm saying? So, so, you know, it's one thing for a preacher to stand up here and, you know, talk about certain things he hasn't overcome. But I, I have overcome this one and I did it through this fruit here but this put to death means by starvation in other words it, I noticed just from the natural something you can learn about your, your flesh and your body the longer I stayed off the bad food the less I wanted it and the easier it was to avoid it did, did you hear that? And, and the same thing was true with the Diet Coke when I saw I had to come off Diet Coke I mean I was just you know what I'm saying it was, it was, it was miserable but, but now I haven't had a Diet Coke, and I'll never drink another one. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, until I go by way of the grave or the Lord comes, I'll never have another one. You know, they are bad for you. They really are. But I drank them for years, like, like they were going out of style. But, it, it, but I haven't had one since last, I guess, September. Haven't had one. And I drink a lot of water. You know, water's good for you. So I put it to death. Through what? Through starvation. Just You can starve things out of your life. Just don't yield to them anymore. So put to death, or don't yield to your members which are on the earth. Notice what he says here. Fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. See, he's talking to this, this other church about the works of the flesh. You understand what, why we're reading this here? I'm trying to show you that that, that he's, this, is, this is an issue that all churches need to be aware of. Not just in Galatians, but he's mentioned it here in Colossians. And he says, because of these things, the wrath of God's coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which yourselves once walked and you lived in them. But now, you yourselves are to put off these things. Well, don't yield to, is another way to say it. Don't yield to what? Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another. See, these are all works of the flesh, aren't they? These are, You remember in Galatians, Paul said, and the like. There's others. Well, he's listing some others here now, like filthy language out of your mouth. Blasphemy, malice. Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with his deeds... That means you're not yielding to that old person anymore. And you've put on, or now you're yielding to the new man who's renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Where there's neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, that was just another type of a barbarian. Slave or free, but Christ is all in and all. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on, this means yield to, tender mercies, Kindness, See, there's kindness. Humility, meekness, long-suffering. You see, here's these fruit. He's, he, he's talking about these fruit to the Colossians. Bearing with one another. Well, that's long-suffering, isn't it? Forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. Above all these things, put on what? Put on love. Didn't we show you that love is the most important of the fruit? God is love. That's why love is the most important one. Put on love, which or yield to love which is the bond of perfection. Let the peace of God, have we talked about peace, see? Uh, rule in your hearts, and so forth and so on. So it's just interesting that he talked about the works of the flesh and the fruit of the spirit to the Colossians. And which was the most important fruit? It was the fruit of Love, and it's interesting. Go to 1 Corinthians thirteen four. Just want to read the first couple of words here. And, and the reason I'm reading this is you need to understand this. All, how many fruit of the Spirit are there as listed in Galatians? There are how many? How many now? Come on now, you've got to know this. How many? Nine. Nine. Which is the most important one? Love. love. But, but if you're taking notes, you all to write this down. All the other eight fruit are encompassed in love. All the other eight fruit are encompassed in love. Look at 1 Corinthians 13, 4. It says love suffers long. Well, do you see right there? Now watch this. You've got love. And then what's that next fruit that's mentioned? Long-suffering, isn't it? And is what? Kind. kind. That's what we're going to talk about here today. But I, I simply read that verse to get you to see that all the other eight fruit are encompassed in what? In love. Okay, now let's talk about kindness here in the time I have left to really understand kindness. And, and, and if you ever read the, like in Galatians, you know how we've been reading the fruit of the spirit. You know, there's nine of them. If you read them in different uh, English versions of the Bible, like the King James, the New King James, the NIV, the Amplified, New Living Translations, it, it, translation sometimes the, the English uses, you know. Like they'll interchange kindness and goodness or they'll interchange kindness and gentleness. And so to really get at what what kindness means, we have to go into the Greek language to to really, really understand what this fruit kindness is. See in Galatians 5.22 it says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And and over the years as I would read this in the English versions, kindness, goodness, gentleness, all kind of meant the same thing to me. And I I had trouble with it because I never really understood the Greek. You know, the Greek is the original language. I never really understood what each of these words meant. It's like long-suffering. Last time we were here we talked about long-suffering. And if you just... A lot of versions translate it patience. But we saw that long-suffering is so much more than patience, isn't it? It, it, it includes patience, but it's so much more. And, 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 but kindness, goodness, gentleness, you know, I, I, well, Lord, what they all kind of mean the same. Well, in the English, they do. But in the original language, they're very different. And so that's what I want to show you here today. Kindness. Kindness, if you're taking notes, when you dig down into the Greek language, here's what kindness means it means usefulness usefulness are you being useful to the Lord are you being useful to others it's the quality of being helpful or beneficial the quality of being helpful or beneficial it means to furnish what is needed to furnish what is needed. See, if you just look at kindness, it, you're not going to get all that unless you <laughs> get in there and dig a little bit and see what it really means. It means to be useful, to be helpful, to be beneficial, to furnish what is needed. It also means moral excellence in character or demeanor. Moral excellence in character or demeanor. It means this, uprightness in one's relation with others uprightness in one's relations with others, uprightness in one's relations with others. And then as you dig down deeper into this word, kindness, it, it's actually in the Greek, it's taken from a, 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 a Greek word that means this, to touch lightly. Now, that's now really important here, to touch lightly. Not callous or hard. Have you ever had a callous on your on your on your hand? Well, this word is just the opposite of that. You know, this I've got a couple of them here. They're hard, and you know, you can stick almost stick a pin into one of them and you can't even hardly feel anything. It's from hitting all those golf balls all those years. But. Kindness is just the opposite of being callous. Have you ever met somebody that's callous? Yep. Gruff? <laughs> yeah. Huh? Yeah. Prune face? Mm. Well, kindness is just the opposite of that. A soft touch. Do you like dealing with people that have a soft touch? If you're going to go have a surgery, you definitely want your surgeon to have a what? A soft touch. A soft touch. I remember one time I had a had a problem over here on this this tooth back over here, and it was it really wasn't the tooth. I had my wisdom teeth taken out back many many years ago, but the bone was degenerating back over here, so it wasn't a tooth problem. It was a bone problem. And I went into the office because the dentist I was having such hurt so bad, and the dentist sent me to the uh, th- this uh, other dentist. Parrot what did you say? You yeah, know, not the endontist He does the root canals. Thank God for him. Boy, I tell you, I had a... Have you ever had a root canal? And I tell you what, I went in that one time when I was driving over there to the... It, I was about ready to climb up a telephone pole and scream. It hurt so bad. I got in there. I sat down and and uh, he starts putting ice on it, you know, and going on. And he said, well, I we don't really know. Could it be this tooth or that? I said, do... I said, I said do them both. <laughs> I said, I, just, just whatever you do, numb me up and... Uh, but thank God, he, he fixed it. This is wonderful. But, but this other one that I went to was for this bone back here. And I go in and, and the doctor was so gentle. Now listen to me. And he was so kind and so gentle. He said, we're going to have to do, do some surgery here. We're going to we're gonna have to make an incision. We'll numb you up, make an incision. And then he said, once I get in there, we'll have to see if we're going to use a synthetic human bone or a cow bone. Moo <laughs> I said when are you going to know He said well when, when we get in there But he didn't have to use a cow bone He used a human bone But anyway So if you hear me moo But anyway, but anyway so, so he was so gentle And so kind And so nice And he comes in there And he numbs me up And I'm sitting in the chair And he takes his drills and things And that soft touch just went away <laughs> I don't know what happened, but my my feet were, you know, I couldn't feel any pain. But I mean, you know, he was just, he was in there just, you know, if you could have looked in that room, you'd have probably saw my feet going all over. So anyway, uh, he wasn't, he was kind until he opened up his toolbox and then he wasn't. But I'm trying to get you to see here what kindness is. It's a, it's a soft touch. It means this. To light upon. What do you mean to light upon? Do you know when the Holy Spirit descended on Jesus at his baptism? And lighted upon him? And the Holy Spirit descended like a what? Like a dove? dove. Have you ever seen a dove come down and sit? It's real gentle. Just That's what this fruit is. Being gentle. Useful. Helpful. All of that. But it's... You're, Let's put it together now. You're useful, you're helpful, you're beneficial, you furnish what is needed in a very soft and mannerly way. It's really servanthood is what it is. This fruit of kindness, have you you, did you ever hear Jesus say be be as as wise as a serpent but gentle as a You better go check your reading out there a little bit. It's dove, right? Gentle as a dove. This this fruit has that. That's what it's talking about. The it's this the opposite. Have you ever had somebody cut you off and just brush you off? You want to talk to them and they just brush you off. I had a preacher many many years ago. And I'd been wanting to meet this guy. I'd heard him, heard him speak and heard him on the radio and on television. And I finally got to meet him. And, uh, you know, just because we're Christians, we have these fruit on the inside of us. But doesn't mean they're developed. And I was probably about 20 years old. And I finally got to meet this guy. And by the time I was around him a few minutes... And I'll never forget it. When he left the room, I just sat there and cried. I sat there and cried. Cried like a baby. As I mean, just brushed off, treated me like a piece of dirt. is that something? Now, why do I... I'm not... I would never call his name. You have no idea who I'm talking about. But the thing of it is, is that just because we're Christians doesn't mean we have these fruit developed. Huh? And I would listen to this fellow on the radio and television looking at the cameras. I love you. I love you. I love you. Talk is cheap, isn't it? it Show me your walk. That's what James really said, didn't he? He said, you know, right? Over in the book of James. So it's the opposite of cutting somebody short or brushing them off. Uh, Look at Romans 11.22 very quickly. How are y'all doing with the time jumping ahead? Are you are you okay? You okay? I, I I like the other I like the what I like the other one when we pick up an hour. But, but what are you gonna do? Thanks for coming today. Romans eleven twenty two. Watch this. I'm trying to show you what this kindness is. Consider the goodness. Now now the English word they use goodness, but it, it's not. That's it's the same word. In the Greek language, see the, the English versions. They translate these words. It's really kindness. It it should be translated this way. Therefore, consider the kindness and severity of God. Now, why do I use this verse? Because this this kindness is just the opposite of severity. Now, can God be severe and judgmental? Yeah, he's a God of judgment, isn't he? is also God of grace. You got to have them both in there. One one reason a lot of people don't don't like me is because I as a preacher is because I don't just preach the grace side. You have to also preach the goodness, uh, the uh, severity side. Cuz grace is only only beneficial if you understand the severity. Right? Did you get what I just said? Be careful about preachers that are just preaching grace, 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 grace grace all the time. And they never talk about severity. Did you hear me? Consider. The Bible said consider. You need to consider the goodness and the severity. Now do I believe in grace? I absolutely do. I'm a grace preacher. Any preacher that's a preacher of the gospel is a preacher of grace. But you have to keep it balanced. And grace, the, the, the greatness of understanding God's grace is if you understand His severity. And I'll say it again. Be watchful of a preacher that's always preaching grace 100% of the time and they never talk about the severity ever. That preacher is to be avoided. The Bible says it. Or implies it. Because we're supposed to consider what? The kindness and the severity severity. and if you go on and read see if you're a believer then you don't need to worry about God's severity you can rest in his kindness and his grace but I'm just showing you this verse to give you the contrast and did you know something else about this kindness that that I think is just phenomenal Romans 2 4 look at Romans 2 4. It says, Do you despise the riches of his? Now it uses goodness, but the Greek word is kindness. Or do you despise the riches of his kindness, forbearance, and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness, or it should be translated, kindness of God leads someone to what? Did you know this fruit? Now these are all God's fruit. These nine fruit, they all belong to him. He gives them to us when we get saved. But it's this fruit right here that we're talking about today that leads the bulk of people to repentance. It's an important fruit, isn't it? Absolutely. And uh, it's, his, it's his kindness. Do you know that, that it's God's kindness that leads people to repentance, not necessarily his severity? That's why we want to be preachers of grace. That's why we want to emphasize grace. We want to emphasize the goodness of God. Because the same fruit of kindness that's in God that leads people to repentance, that fruit is in us. And when we develop that fruit and sinners look at us and see God in us, that kindness, it will, it will lead them to repentance a lot quicker than beating them over the head with severity. But the Bible does say that there's people that won't respond to God's goodness. And so you need, the Bible says, you need to hold hell up in front of them. Can you say amen? Amen. But isn't that cool to understand that about this fruit? It's this fruit today that causes people to come to the Lord Jesus. Now let us go to ephesians chapter two just a little longer here we we really need to have this fruit in us see see this this you can see how the holy spirit is orchestrating this what pastor diane shared earlier and she's our cheerleader thank you she's our cheerleader we just need to get you some some pom poms up there you know um but uh it, remember what we said is it's it's it's, it's this softness, but it's, it's 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 in action. Notice this: this this kindness is not just it's not just a quality, but it's rather kindness in action. Look at this: Ephesians two verse four. But God, who's rich in mercy, because of his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ by grace. You've been saved. Say Amen, somebody. Thank God for His grace. And raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come he might, underline that word, he might what? Show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. People often ask me, Pastor, what are we going to be doing for eternity in heaven, on that new earth? What are we going to be doing? Are we going to be riding on a cloud and playing a harp? And the answer is no. In the ages to come, what's going to happen in the ages to come? How are we going to spend eternity? God is going to be showing us the exceeding riches of his grace with this kindness. He's going to be exhibiting this kindness to us for all eternity. I don't know about you, but that's pretty cool. Look at Titus 3, verses 3 through 6, real quickly. When a sinner gets saved, I, I want to read this because this shows you that this, this fruit of kindness. Yeah, that's what the Holy Ghost is saying. There's some people here, just like I, I, uh, that callus on my finger. Is you get, that, can be, that can form on your heart. But, you know, I don't hit n- nearly as many golf balls as I used to. Don't hardly hit any these days. And you know this callus used to be a whole lot harder than it was. But it softened up. And I feel what the Holy Spirit wants me to say. there's there's, There's some folk here that need to hear this. That for whatever the reason. You were once very soft. Very, very soft. And you had this fruit. In great abundance in your life. But some things happened. And it caused your heart to become calloused. But the Holy Spirit has me standing here saying this. You need to understand that just as your heart has become hardened in some areas, if you'll yield to the Holy Spirit, yield to the Word of God, that that hardness can return to softness once again. And you can get that kindness back flowing out of you like it once did. I don't know, the Holy Ghost wanted me to say that, so <clears throat> it's good to know, isn't it? Now look at this, Titus 3, verse 3. For we ourselves, now I want to show you this kindness, when we get saved, it pervades our whole nature. It, it this this fruit changes a sinner completely at the new birth. And when it when it develops in them, it, 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 it makes, have you ever seen somebody that was just hard and just, uh, just austere and hard, but then they get saved and they become real soft and mellow? It's this fruit that, I mean, it's this fruit. Somebody said, well, it's love. Well, all of these fruits are combined in what? In love. But it's this fruit that, it's this fruit that took the apostle Paul and made him, change him from Saul of Tarsus, a meanie, into a softie. Right here it is. Watch this. Titus 3, 3, for we, for we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. Anybody in here that's ever been that away? But when the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared, see there it is, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us through the washing and regeneration and renewing the Holy Spirit. Watch this, verse 6, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior. See, that's what happened when we got saved. All these fruit were, when we're stressing kindness here, they were poured out on us and in us. Do you see how that kindness has been poured out in us? If you're saved here today, you have the capacity to be kind. You have the capacity to be kind and sweet to everybody. And not just other believers... Not just people you like, but people that you don't necessarily care for too much. Now, now this last thing that I have for you is, is, of all the things I've said today, I think is the most outstanding. How many of you never want to stumble? Okay, now watch this. This is, this is, this is, this is worth coming for what we're going to get here right now. Listen to this. The, the development of the fruit of the Spirit prevents stumbling. It, we've got to develop this fruit because it prevents stumbling. It prevents ourselves from stumbling. And it prevents us from causing others to stumble. Do you remember when that I told you about that preacher a few minutes ago that brushed me off and treated me like dirt? Yes or no? That caused me to stumble. I thought all preachers were that way then i, I kind of it- it took me a while to get to get my bearings back. It really bothered me it troubled me. Has that ever happened to you you know and uh if he would have had these fruit developed it wouldn't have it wouldn't have caused me to stumble and and and, and now watch this go to second peter chapter one. The Apostle Peter, we've been listening to what Paul has to say about this fruit, but Peter has some things to say about it as it pertains to the fruit and stumbling. Watch this. 2 Peter 1 verse 5. He says, Also for this very reason, reason, giving all diligence. Now, we haven't talked about this one yet, but it's faithfulness. Giving all faithfulness. Add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control. There's that self control we 'll get to that in a couple of weeks to self control perseverance that's long suffering to birth, perseverance godliness to godliness brotherly kindness that's what we 're talking about today and to brotherly kindness love well there's a fruit right there now watch this for if these things are yours and abound what's he saying here if this fruit's abounding in you you will you will neither You will neither be what? Barren or? How many of you would like to never be barren or unfruitful? In the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Boy, this is good, isn't it? So important to have this fruit developed in you. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted, blind, forgotten, that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore brethren. Be even more diligent. To make your call and direction election sure. For if you do these things. You will never what? If you don't ever want to stumble. In life. Develop the fruit. And then go to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. New Living Translation. This will be in the New Living. The Apostle Paul. Talks about these same kinds of things. See, it's interesting, Peter told us if these fruit are developed in our life, that we won't stumble, but Paul is going to show us how to keep others from stumbling with the you'll see here. look at this, chapter second uh, Corinthians chapter six, verse three. He says this, we live in such a way. now listen to this. And remember, this guy was a bad dude before he got saved. But now he says, after he's saved and been living with walking with the Lord for a while, he says, we live in such a way that no one will stumble because of us. Now, isn't that good? See, Peter said, if we have the fruit of the Spirit abounding in our life, we won't stumble. But Paul is saying that if we have the fruit of the Spirit abounding in our life, we won't cause other people to stumble. Now, watch this. He says, "If we live in such a way that no one, will, if we live in such a way that no one will stumble because of us, and no one will find fault with our ministry, in everything we do, now watch this. We show that we are true ministers of God. We patiently endure. Do you see that? There's a fruit. What what do we patiently endure? Troubles and hardships and calamities of every kind. We have been beaten, put in prison, faced angry mobs, works." To exhaustion, endured sleepless nights, and gone without food. We prove ourselves by our purity, our understanding, our patience, our what? Our kindness. You see, patience and kindness by the Holy Spirit within us and by our sincere love. love. We faithfully there's faithfulness. We'll get to that. See, he's got he's saying, hey, Peter's saying, if you have all these fruit in your life. You'll never stumble. And Paul's saying, if you have all these fruit in your life, not only will you not stumble, but you'll keep others from stumbling because of you. Verse 7, we faithfully preach the truth. God's power is working in us. We use the weapons of righteousness in the right hand for attack and the left hand for defense. We serve God whether people honor us or despise us. Well, that's what I'd tell any young minister we serve God whether people like us or they don't. Just keep preaching the word of God. Whether they slander us or praise us. Whether they slander... I've, and I've had them both. Something else I'd tell a young minister. You've got to keep slander and praise at arm's length. Because you're not as bad as what they're saying you are. And you're not as good as what they're saying you are. Can anybody say amen? amen. We are honest... But they call us imposters. Wow. We are ignored, even though we're well known. We live close to death, but we're still alive. We have been beaten, but we've not been killed. Our hearts ache, but we always have... See, there's joy, one of the fruit. We are poor. Wow, we are poor. Be watchful of people... Telling you that these apostles were just filthy rich. They weren't. They had their needs met, though. Paul said there's times in his life he didn't have much, sometimes he had a bunch. But he also said, in every, in whatever the case, whatever the case, he persevered, didn't he? Our hearts ache. Have you ever had your heart ache? But we always have joy. See, so when your heart's aching because of the circumstance. See, these fruit are based on the word of God. They're not based on circumstance. Joy, see? See, here's a good example. Joy is not based on circumstance. It's based on the word of God. He said our hearts ache, but we have joy. The joy is a spiritual force based on the word. We're poor but we have spiritual but we give spiritual riches to other we own nothing and yet we have everything, everything. so i'll leave you with this that was good wasn't it Amen. about stumbling so i'll leave you with this two final verses real quickly proverbs 15:1 a soft answer Soft, that's a kind, that's kind, so, kindness is softness. A soft answer turns away wrath, wrath. but a harsh word stirs up anger. I, 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 You know, have you ever had somebody come up to you or you see somebody come in somewhere and, they're, wham, 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 and then the person that they're going off on responds, wham, 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 and then you got a big argument, don't you? But I've also, I've had people over the years, different things come at me. In fact, when I used to work at Hidden Valley, I started working out there years ago in the golf operation. And then I worked a season in the ski operation. And uh happened more in the ski operation, but it did happen some in the golf. And, and this is something I, the Lord's helped me with. They'd come in and... <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and... Uh... And this kindness would rise up on the inside of me and I'd be able to give them a soft answer and guess what happened? It turned away their wrath. Now some people are just unreasonable and you can't do much with them but, but soft answer will turn away wrath. This, this is important, this fruit. And then Ephesians 4.32, I want you to think about this one as you leave here today. It says, be kind to one another tenderhearted forgiving one another even as God in Christ forgave you stand with me if you would Uh, Father I pray for the people today that we would take this message to heart and that we would yield to this wonderful fruit you've given us kindness and we let it grow and be big in us and as a result people would be drawn to Jesus if there's any hearts in here that have become calloused just trust that if people yield to your Holy Spirit and yield to your kindness That those hearts had become soft again. We need to understand. God is kind. I think that's one of the things we'd say. If we got to really. You know be. Well if we saw Jesus. what what, What would we say about him? Well there's a whole lot we'd say. But one of the things. Is sure. That he's kind. I remember.